all shapes, all sizes, all ethnic varieties. There's diversity in the house of God. There isn't a mother in here that doesn't have a different story. Yet some things we can all share and laugh about because we can identify and know what each other means. Amen? Um, so I just want to honor you. And I want to tell you that God is with you. God created mothers. You know, he created women to bring forth the seed of God. That we would bring them forth. That we would multiply in the earth. And we would bring forth children and, and, and more lovers of God. Children that would become sons and daughters of God. Amen? Now listen, I want to... I, I don't even know what time it is because we've just been having so much fun with the Lord. I want to tell you one thing. Services are going to be different here. Services are going to be different. You can't come in here the way you were. You, you just can't. You won't have a fun time. I, I, I'm a, you know, sometimes we go to exercise classes or we go to Zumba classes or there's uh, people at my Weight Watchers group, they do all sorts of things. Uh, if I need to have a class to teach us how to get rid of hindrances to our worship, if you've got to have a dance class to know how to dance before the Lord and get free, I mean, this thing's got to break. I can't go further with it. I, I, I can't be the only one that's crazy around here, okay? Now, look, I've been to weddings with some of you people, and you are downright crazy at a wedding. Okay, when it comes to the dancing, I, you guys have got moves I've never even seen before. Do you understand what I'm saying? But you were taught by a good mother, be quiet in church. Stop moving around. Be still. I'm going to beat you when I get home. I mean, whatever was your agenda. Like, I, I'm seeing mother's heads move. And we've told our kids they have to be quiet in church. And so that's what you started learning as little but this isn't the time to be quiet, is it, Al? It's not the time to be quiet. This is the time to come with a word, to come with a song, to, be, to come with a body move. We're talking body, soul, and spirit. We've got to break this thing off of us. We've got to be free and be children. I love, you know, if you want something fun and you want to spend some quality time on your phone, just Google some little children. Just put worshiping children in. And you see these little babes. I've got a video. I'm going to play. I'm going to have Sean play it. You'll just cry. These little kids. They can't even talk, but they can worship, and they just move and they get in the spirit. Jesus said, "Come as little children. Come as little children. Suffer not the little children. Come and move. We don't care. I'm not here to impress you, and you're not impressing me. The only thing that makes an impression." on me is when you're not moving. Do you understand? When you're just standing around and warming up a pew. Tap your foot. Shake a leg. This little light of mine, I don't care what your move is, but get it on. Okay? It's time to get it on and get moving. Right? Right. Right. Somebody agree with me. Can I get an amen? I'm up here preaching my heart out. I sought the Lord. Look, I've given many Mother's Day messages, and I've given them at women's meetings through my life, too. I mean, just on and on and on. 
I said, Lord, what in the world do you want me to minister on today? And he was not quiet about it. He said, I want you to minister. I want you to minister because I'm going to be there and I'm going to deposit hope today. I'm going to talk about hope. I'm going to talk about a living hope. I'm going to talk about a hope that produces something. Amen? Men, this word is for you. When I get into it, you're going to see why. It's up for all of us, the hope of God. But I'm here to talk to you about a mother's faith. I'm here to talk to you about a mother's love. And I'm talking about hope. Amen? Faith works in hope. Uh, Love hopes all things. That's what I'm talking about. Are you getting that? All right, so let's go for it. I know you've got a lot of plans. You've got dinners, parties, and dances to go to. I don't know what you're doing today. But I want you to get the word of God in your spirit. And I've stayed up. I've fasted and I've prayed this week that you would receive it. And all those that are within the sound of my voice or that might be listening to this some other way than being here today, I want you to know that God cares about you. He absolutely cares about you. God understands you. You don't have to say, nobody understands me. He understands you. You were wonderfully made by the Creator Himself. And so I've exhorted you today. I've encouraged you. I've blessed you today. And I hope you're going to hear this. I hope as we leave here today, you're going to, I hope you have a great day. I want us to talk about that term, hope. What is hope? Because we've made it a lot of things. I could say, I hope you have a great day. Or I could say, well, I hope you have a great day. Sometimes we take the meaning of hope, and there's no hope in it. It's nothing but hopelessness. Don't we? Well, I hope some kind of feeble thing. But this isn't that isn't that isn't even hope at all. That's a bunch of well, I can't say that right now. But you get my drift. It's not hope at all. It's not hope in any way. We've got to have the hope of God. And we don't get that kind of hope until we get born again. Until we come in to a living hope. And so I want to define hope. It's as simple. It's not rocket science. What does hope mean? It means expectation. It means confidence. It means trust. It means comfort. When I have the living hope in me, I am comforted by that. Because when I'm hoping, I'm talking about something that I don't see yet. Right? It's something to come. I'm hoping for, with an expectation of something to happen. Now, yesterday we had a director's meeting. All the directors in the state of Vermont, from the healing rooms within the state, all the directors and their leaders came here yesterday. And we had a one annual meeting where we get together, encourage each other, talk about issues. And the subject of hope came up. 
Well, actually, the subject of expectation came up. And because I'd been studying this, and it was fresh on my heart, fresh. How many of you like stale bread? Moldy old bread. How many of you like fresh produce? Or wilted? What do you want? Do you want fresh? I want fresh. I want it right, right, you know, cut that thing right off the vine. That's what I want. Give me one of those papayas. Whack, let's whack that open. Let's go to Hawaii and have one of those papayas. Right off the papaya tree. Oh, give me one of those pineapples. I want fresh. And let that juice run down your face. Come on. That's what I want when it comes to hope. I don't want that stuff that's been baked, left over, crammed to the back of the fridge, got mold on it, scrape it off and heat it up. I don't want that kind of hope. I want real hope that comes with an expectation for something. When I'm praying for somebody to get healed, I don't want to be the one standing in the crowd going, God, I hope. I hope God does something here. I sure hope he heals them. There wasn't that kind of hope going on when I went to the, is that little Miss Sylvia? Yeah. There wasn't that kind of hope going on when I went to the hospital and saw her foot all gangrened and a mess and they're ready to cut it off. No. Gee, I hope something's going to happen. No, I reached into the fresh, living hope of my God, the God of the impossible. And when I prayed, I hoped with expectation. I was comforted and she was comforted by the hope that we came with. He wrapped his arms around her. He put her in a cocoon of peace. He's still got her in the cocoon of peace. She's just floating over there. She's like glowing these days. And God began a healing work, body, soul, and spirit. That's the kind of hope I'm talking about. Let's break it down. Somebody say, Pastor, break it down. Break it down. First of all, I want to tell you, number one, a mother is a storehouse. A mother is a storehouse of faith, hope, and love. Now, you don't have to be a mother to be a storehouse. So come on, guys. Anybody can get in on this. But I'm just, because it's Mother's Day, I want the mothers to identify with this. I know what you've been through. I mean, I know so much. And I've probably had things that I hope, with an expectation, that you will never have to go through as a mother. Some of us have been here. My sister told me something that none of us, she wouldn't wish on anybody, you know, when a mother has to bury a child. I can't say I know that, but, or two. Yeah. And we've seen, yeah, and we've seen tragedies. We've seen tragic stories where mothers have lost so much. And our our. Our guts are moved in compassion for that. But even in that loss, even in that horrifying, terrible 
loss, that no one should have to bear that. I feel hope spring up in me. I feel a hope and an expectation that God would do something. Do you feel it? Do you know what I'm talking about? That there's a hope that comes. That, God's, that, that we can't even perceive why we're going through this insane moment in our life, but somehow God will reach out and touch and heal and restore and bring somebody through. He's not going to leave them there. Amen? Dios te amo. Dios te amo. Okay. God loves you, just so you know. For the Brazilian brethren in the house. Dios te ama. No, you can't leave. I'm sorry. No, I'm serious. This word is for you. When a mother first experiences motherhood, a mother's heart begins to love and hope. She sees that baby. She's already fallen in love with that baby as it's grown in her. A child is born and love hopes and expects for that child. If you're here today, that's that's what was happening. Now, We've all been mothers. Some of us have been good mothers. Some of us have been bad mothers. Some of us have been both. Some of us, you know, I mean, I understand all that. Trust me, I'm a child that came from a mess. But I'll tell you what, no matter where my mother was at the times in her life, I know that she had to have a hope because she would instill that in me later. Kathy, you just have to have hope. Hope. And trust the Lord. When a mother looks at a child that's sick, she has a deep groaning of hope that rises up in her soul. And she starts hoping that God's going to heal that child and make it well. And she sets herself about life to fix the problems and nurture until that happens, until she sees it. And and she... She knows everything about that thing that's going on. She's intuitive. She's got intuitive hope. And it's a comfort to her. Even when she's worried, worried, and that child has the highest fever it's ever had, and she'll go, honey, honey, she's got a fever. I've never seen any of the kids, none of the girls have ever had this high of a fever. Let's pray. Let's pray. Lay hands on her. And that baby, that living hope in her, believes that God is going to do something because of a mother's prayer. Your prayers are powerful. I don't care what, when your kids can walk about and leave you and go out and do their own thing, no matter what they're doing, prayer is powerful. Never surrender to a prayerless life. If you're not praying, then something's happened to your hope. Your hope isn't fresh. Your hope isn't expecting. Take it before God and get it touched. Let it be a fiery hope in your life. She trusts God to heal. And, you know, life happens. It isn't all about the children. Mothers, 
in order to be a mother, you had to be with a man. Whether you were married to that man or not, life happens and issues come. So here you are carrying the burdens of your children, household, food, bills to pay, life. And you've got a man that might, might be treating you like Prince Charming and who you thought he might have been. Come on. Come on. Let's get real. But hope has got to rise up in you. You cannot be despaired. You might be suffering issues of healing and things that you need. And when that's on your body and you're a mother and all these people that need you, family, parents, depending the season of your life when your parents get older and you have to take care of your parents, and on and on and on. I would have despaired. I'm telling you, this is a scripture, but this is such a life scripture for me. I would have despaired had I not believed. And I want to add, hoped. And had faith for and expected to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Not waiting for it till I went to heaven. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Thank you for staying. That's so good of you. I want to read now. He's one of my precious students. Romans 5, 1 through 5. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we exult in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations. Mothers and all of you in this room, men, women, children, understand the word tribulations. Paul's telling us to exult in them. Expect something out of it. That's what that means. It doesn't say exalt them. It says I exalt them with an expectation of hope, the hope of glory, that something's going to change and something good is going to come out of this. It's got to. I'm not in this for some crazy reason that God's playing games with me. I've got to believe that there's going to be a change coming. When my house burns down to the ground and generations of family and it's gone and all I can smell is the putrefying smoke, I've got to believe, I've got to exult in my tribulation. I've got to believe there's going to be another outcome. It's not over for me if I'm breathing. Amen? Let's get back to this. Knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance. And not only this, but we also, uh, uh, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, perseverance. And perseverance, proven character. You're getting proven character out of these trials. You're getting proven character out of these tribulations. There's not just nothing happening. There's good stuff coming out of it. And that's a hope that we carry in our soul. 
Amen? To believe for that. When we when the enemy wants to get us down and lie to us and tell them, oh, God doesn't love me. No pity parties. And proven character and hope. I missed my punchline there. Proven character and hope. Okay. Underline that. And verse 5, and hope does not disappoint. Everybody say that with me. Hope does not disappoint. Hope doesn't disappoint. I'm talking about a living hope. You got that other kind of, that moldy stuff? That's like, gee, I hope. No. That stuff will disappoint you. It's disappointing to even hear that kind of a pitiful cry. Come on. But a living hope will not disappoint you. God will not disappoint you because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts and through the Holy Spirit who has given it to us in the first place. Amen? Are you in for this? I want an amen if you're in with this. We fight the good fight of faith. We refuse to say all hope is lost. All hope is lost. On the Titanic, I know that there were some people talking about it. All hope is lost. The ship is going down. There's no hope here. Those people are drowned on the lower floors. I saw bodies down there. That that water's freezing cold. We're going to die. All hope is lost. But there were some people. There were some people that lived. Do you want to be one of those? That's what I want to be. I'm not going to be the one saying, oh, hope is lost. What are we going to do? We're going to keep pressing in. As long as I have breath, I'm going to keep pressing in. I'm going to keep believing for the goodness of God. I'm going to believe that I'm going to see it in the land of the living. I'm going to lay hold of the word. I'm going to lay hold of God. If he sends an angel to me, I'm going to wrestle with that angel until I get a name change, until something changes in me that comes and produces the effect And the non-disappointment of hope is going to bring forth something. Amen? The enemy wants us, uh, he wants us to get our eyes on what? The problem. He wants you to focus on the problem. He wants you to think about the problem. He wants you to write down notes about the problem. He wants you to try new experiments on the problem. The problem. He wants, to t- he wants you to talk to other people about the problem. He wants you to go to other people and get some sympathy. Because sympathy never did a dang thing for you. But the compassion of Jesus Christ that came along and saw and wept and bowed and looked at you. And the compassion of Jesus Christ and he said, come here. Do you want to be healed? Is that your expectation? And he touches you and you're healed. Oh, You want to go over here? You want that? Boom. You're hoping. You have been hoping. Do not be weary in well-doing. For in due time, you will receive that which you have hoped for. And that's a prophetic word to you today. I'm talking to you. Clean out your refrigerator and get rid of that other stuff. There's some moldy stuff in there. Clean it out. And you lay hold of that living hope that you started out with. And God is here to tell you, Sandra, hope 
will not disappoint you. Amen. 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 Okay. I like this new move of the Spirit in the house of God, don't you? Because this is what he's got us here for. Let's let life come out of these mouths. Are you liking this, brother, back there? Thank you. Okay, he's loving it. Shout out. Can I get a shout out from that back row back there, brother? Come on. Come on. That's what I like. I'm getting a little gospel. I'm getting ready to go to North Carolina and see my little precious Noah graduate from high school. And I gotta get I gotta get my southern on here. Okay. So I'm working on my accent here. And some of my southern preaching stuff. You know, Paul said, Wherever you go, be all things to all men. And so when I go down south, I gotta talk like they do. Y'all y'all love that, right, Chelsea? I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Dip devil eggs them the best ones I ever had. Okay. All right. Some of you are going to have deviled eggs today. I'm sorry. I got way off here. But forgive me. Forgive me. I'm just God's little girl here. This is serious word. This is serious business. The enemy wants you to keep your eyes on your problem. And we took a little breather from that. But I'm telling you, stop doing that. Stop it right now. Stop it. And get your eyes on him. Get your heart in the word. Get your eyes on everything he has to say. Uh, what does God have to say about this? Not what the doctors have to say about this. What does God have to say about it? Come on. What does God have to say? Get your eyes on that. Get your, word, your eyes on his word. Get your eyes on his promises. Get that in your spirit. Start using your mouth for something good. Not, oh, oh, I wish something would change. Be the mover. Be the changer. Be the person that moves the mountain. Because when faith mixes with hope, things change. When when faith mixes with hope, faith action takes it to a new level. Okay. Other scriptures, love hopes all things, 1 Corinthians 13, 7. Love hopes all things. If you've got the love of God in your heart, and you do, if you've asked him to come in and live there, now point number two, Jesus is our living hope. It's not a story. It's not a story on a page. Uh, it's not Kathy's stories. It's all of our story. If you have received Jesus and Come into my life. Come into my heart. Come into my being. I want to be born again. I want to be a new man. I want to be a new creation, a new woman. Uh, I want to tell you what the Apostle Paul told us. I love this scripture. I'm going to just kind of paraphrase it here and then get down to the nitty-gritty. But the Apostle Paul was talking about mysteries. How many of us have liked the mysteries of God? I like the mysteries of God. I'm the child that wants to know everything. I ask God for everything. Why don't, he said, you have not because you ask not. So I like to ask him for everything. I want to know everything. And people may call me a know-it-all. That's fine. I know it all because God's telling me. Are you getting it? Do you want to know the things of God? Do you want to know what makes him tick? Do you want to know what his favorite thing is? Oh, man. 
It's awesome to talk to God and find out what's in his heart and what's in his thinking on any given day. God isn't like a zombie that just execute God stuff. God is thinking. He's a living being, spirit. He's awesome. He's everything. You can talk to him about anything. I want to know everything. I want to know. I, call me a know-it-all. I don't care. As long as it, if, if it came from God, then fine. Call, call, me, call me names. I don't care. I want to know the mysteries of God. And Paul, God began to reveal mysteries. And he said, this is a great mystery. He said that Christ in you, the mystery of Christ in you, that means Christ inside of you. That means if you prayed the sinner's prayer and you said, Father, forgive me, for I am a sinner, and I need the Savior, Lord Jesus Christ, to come in my heart. By faith, we prayed that prayer, and Jesus came inside of our being. We're made of body, soul, and spirit. He came into my body. He came into my soul, my, my thoughts, my feelings, emotions. He came into my spirit, and he woke it up. And I was, I was born. But I wasn't a little baby on the outside, but I was born again, and I had the second chance. But this time I get to do life with the mystery that I just told you about. Paul said, the mystery of Jesus Christ living inside of you. So how does this happen? We're talking Mother's Day here. This is what happened when you started to become a mother. It's process, guys. It's process. You begin the process of eternal of eternity inside of you. Just like a woman has a seed fertilized inside of her and it's begotten. God hears your prayer, your earnest prayer. Forgive me, O oh God. I want to be I want you to be my father. And he sows the seed of Jesus inside of you. A woman becomes pregnant. This comes with an announcement. When you're first told that you're pregnant, it's, you take that by faith. The doctor says the test came back, and guess what? You're pregnant. You don't see anything. You don't really feel any different. I mean, if you're in there right in the beginning, you might get a little morning sickness later on, but... But are you getting it? You take it by faith. There's no sign of that on the outside. You could walk down the street and nobody would know you were pregnant unless you told them, right? So when we're baby, when we're Christians and we receive Christ and he comes to live in us and that seed comes in and is planted inside the womb of God inside of us, that's why, men, you can be pregnant. Did you guys know you can get pregnant? You follow me? When, when that seed came in you, it comes into the womb of God and it begins to grow. And then what happens in a natural pregnancy? About three months later, you know, you're with Christian friends. There's people rejoicing that you received Christ and they're giving you the word and they're giving you things. You know, when you get pregnant, you have to start taking vitamins. And you have to start taking care of yourself. 
Guess what? You have to stop doing some things that you've been doing. If you were smoking, they'd tell you to quit smoking. If you were drinking, don't drink, right? It's the same with Jesus. It's not the do's and don'ts of it, but it's so this healthy Christ in you can come to birth in the fullness of Christ, in the process of him growing in your life. Are you getting this? There's a living hope inside of you. Don't let the enemy come and abort this in your life. Many times the enemy comes to take the destiny, the child of destiny, that you were supposed to fulfill in your life, and it gets aborted. Or he, you know, and and sometimes you backslide, and you have to come back and, and give God your heart again and repent. Do you understand? And you grow, and about three months later, there's symptoms. People are noticing, hmm, she's got a bump. She looks different or whatever. People around you begin to realize there's something different about you. And that's what happens when Christ in you, the hope of glory, Christ in you, the hope of glory, that's what happens. People start to realize there's something different. They're doing things differently. They've got a glow on. Women usually have a glow when they're pregnant. Just all those things. I wanted to just give you that little analogy so you could see how Christ can grow inside of you. So the seed of Christ is begotten inside of you. Amen? And then hope starts to arise and grow in your soul. And suddenly you feel as a person. Others notice a little bump. But even after they notice the bump, the mother suddenly, one day, you're sitting, you're standing, you're laying in bed, and you feel this little flutter. And the first time mother doesn't know what that is, but it's like, hmm, what was this flutter? And before long, the flutter becomes a little kick. And before long, it comes a gigantic kick. Before long, you've got a baby that's turning around and moving inside of you, maybe sucking on their fist and your, and your belly's popping, and you're like, oh, my gosh, these sounds are coming here. What is going on in there? It's not an alien. But this is what happens when Christ is growing in you, when this Christ is maturing in you, And you're like, is that child doing karate inside my belly? And he's he's manifesting himself. And he's letting you know that he's in there. He lives in you. He's blessing you. Because he intends to grow you and bring you to a point. And finally, you go through the pregnancy, and I won't go through every sign, but there's times when the hearing comes in the child. The heartbeat starts to beat. There's a time when that child is still in the womb that the hearing and the ability to see and all these things you're manifesting in your life in the realm of the spirit, they're actually happening for you. You're starting to have dreams. You're starting to have visions. You're starting to hear the voice of God. You're starting to hear him speak to you personally. 
But then there is coming a day, and it's going to be that day for all of us. And it's found in Romans, Romans 8. And it talks about not only is all the creation, there comes a day that you're so pregnant with God and with a baby, but, but when you're pregnant and there's something and you get this feeling in you, and we can't see that you're pregnant, but it's a, this spiritual thing, it's this mystery going on, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And there's something in you. And in any woman, just ask any woman, that ninth month is the most miserable. You'll do anything to get that baby out. I went on motorcycle rides. I had Lonnie shake me upside down. We did anything and everything to get this thing started. Take me on the motorcycle. Let's go to the bumpy roads. Boom, boom, boom. It didn't do a thing. But you'll do anything to birth this baby. This baby has got to come out. And so that season that some of us find us in who have been walking with God, that season that comes, it seems like it's been going on for a lot longer than a month. But this is the birthing of a true son and a true daughter of God. It's this groaning within that something's got to go. And there's power in that. A woman, it takes, it takes guts, it takes power, and it takes a heart that won't quit to get this job done. And those things begin to manifest in your spirit. And you're not just ready for bed rest. You've got to get this done. And in that last week, some women get this idea, I've got to clean my house, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. She gets this. And that's what we start doing when we're in this pattern. All creation is groaning for the revealing of the sons of God. And we start feeling that within ourselves. That this son and this process that has gone on, all the trials, all the tribulations, all the tears, all the heartaches, all the setbacks, everything that seemed against us was really for us, for the process to produce the son and the daughter of the living God to come forth at the given time. And so we're here. And Paul said, I strive and I labor among you that you would know what the hope of the high calling in Christ Jesus is. And I say that to you today. I strive in the labor among you that you would know what that is. That God would reveal it to you. That you would know it body, you would know it soul, you would know it spirit. And you would carry this attitude and this hope with you every single day of your life. And you will covet it, you will protect it, and you will keep the enemy from it. You will not let him destroy it. It is hope eternal. The mystery of the hope of glory. The miracle of new life. We learn to hope against all odds during this process. We learn to hope. Faith mixes with hope. It mixes it up. And then it becomes the assurance of all things that I hope for.
the expectation of all things that I hope for will be coming my way in God's will, in his time. I can trust him. He doesn't have to be in my time schedule. He's willing to listen to me when I, when I don't think he's right about timing. Amen? He, he, he still does what he wants, but he lets me talk. You see, it's when that hope becomes an anchor. The Word of God in uh, Hebrews tells us, Hebrews six nineteen says, hope is an anchor. It's an anchor of your soul. How many of you know the scripture that says, hope deferred maketh the heart sick? If you've been hoping and it just seems like it's never coming, it can make you sick. Don't get in that place. Don't let hope deferred maketh the heart sick. If you're in that place, come talk to me. Come talk to your neighbor. Come talk to somebody and say, I'm really, this is what the enemy's trying to do. He's trying to make my heart sick because it seems like it's been so long since I've hoped for this and I haven't seen the fruit of it yet. We're in this together. That's what the corporate body of Christ is. You can't do this alone. You weren't meant to do it alone. With him and one another. So hope is an anchor no matter how difficult the storm, no matter how wild the ride, no matter how big the trial, no matter how big the circumstance, no matter how big the heartbreak. He just crushed my heart. No matter what it is, hope is an anchor, and it will keep you from drifting into hopelessness, the the waters of hopelessness. Let God's hope anchor your soul so you're in the middle of the river of God. You're in the middle of the river. I can hear that water. That brings me comfort. Do you hear the water? It's a sign. The river is running here. The river of God runs in your life. You carry it out. It isn't just here. It's wherever you go. The river is flowing. The river of faith. The river of love. And the river of hope. And you're anchored in it. You're not going to drift off to the side. You're not going to go over the waterfalls. You're right where God wants you to be. So 1 Peter 1.3, as I close right now, according to God's great mercy, he has caused you to be born again to a living hope. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen? Amen! Receive it. Receive it. That's the word that God had for you. That's his Mother's Day gift to all of us today. Men, women, children, he wants you to hope. So look at that word. Look at that substance. Yes.